Hi, I'm Ash Elder with the Wizard's Respite. This is the Wizard's Respite Sanctorum. Um, I'm here today with Zachariah, uh, Axiom Gaming, Old Man Gaming, uh, Zach. Yeah, that's me, Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. I am, uh, the I guess the the I don't know what you call a head of an of a LLC, which is sad since I own one. But I am the head of Axiom Games LLC, and I am also the fucking guy behind Old Man Gaming. And yeah, if you're watching this, watch it on Wizards Respite. It's better. I th I feel like we already screwed up one intro, guys. Just confessions. I feel like <laughs> Wizards been better this time, and I've been worse this time. So I'm sorry. But <laughs> we'll find a balance. We'll find a balance. We'll find a balance um. there somewhere. Um, and, and by the way, when you are the head of, of, you know, Axiom Gaming LLC, you call yourself whatever you want to. You're the boss. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'll accept that. Commander in chief, general, whatever, whatever. I like Position that. I like that. Head general. <laughs> Five-star general of Axiom Games LLC. <laughs> Um, so what we're doing here with, uh, the Wizards Respite Sanctorum is, uh, a deep dive into different TT, uh, RPG games. This week, um, Zach is bringing one, uh, to the table. We, last time we, um, talked about, uh, uh, The Last Tea Shop, which is a game that we both loved, and we, we kind of, like, I would, I'd say we even kind of bonded over Like, we both yes. absolutely adored that game. Yeah. We're gonna stop talking about it. <laughs> and uh, now Zach uh, brought one, and I'm very excited to to chat about it. Um, mm. So, mm. Zachariah, what what are we what are we looking at here? Uh, what's, what's our thing for today? Wizard can't see it until he watches it back, but I'm I'm holding them up now into the camera. All my my supplemental guides and my main guide, and now you can barely see my face. Yes, it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And other strangeness. This is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG based off the original Eastman and Lard's comic books. Uh, and it was written in, that's right, 1985, ladies and gentlemen. And I am very old, and I was only four. Yeah. 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 Actually, that was, that was the year of my birth. 85. Ooh. I was born the same, day, the same year as this, as this TTRPG. That is... Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so before, if, if you don't mind, first of all, if you guys have watched the stream, we, we've actually, we've been doing, in addition to this, we've also been doing like once a month, maybe twice a month. We've been doing the one-on-one -on -one sessions, which we, we play one-on-one -on -one RPGs with each other. We played last tea shop. Now we're doing Ninja Turtles, which I am running for Ash. And then Ash is eventually going to switch off and we'll also do other weird indie games in there. Uh, but you may have yeah. seen that we that would have aired a week ago yesterday when you're watching this <laughs> on the YouTubes, if I got that right. Um, so you've seen some of this, if you have. However, this is, uh, and you may have heard me say this, but before we get into the actual system, I just want to say that... Um, I got into role-playing games when I was about 12, 13... Uh, that's when I started going into the RPGs. 
Um, the first RPG that me and my brother ever tried ever was Robotech by Palladium Systems that we picked up in a comic shop not knowing what it was. And we, we, uh, we had to crowdsource older kids to, to try and figure out what it was. Uh, and eventually one of our uh, babysitters, I know we were too old for a babysitter. I kept telling my mom, but she wouldn't listen. Uh, <laughs> one of our babysitters uh, figured out who his name. His name was Chip. I cannot remember his last name. It was Chip, which was a weird name, but Chip was his name. And he, he, we loaned it to him, he read it, and then when he was babysitting us, he brought us over and played it with us, and I was hooked ever since. I immediately went to the same comic book store and bought Palladium's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness because I love, love, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get real close to the camera now, love <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I have collected all their comic book runs. I have watched oh, almost wow. all the cartoons they have, all of the movies, even the bad ones, the so bad ones. I have, <laughs> I am a Ninja Turtle aficionado. Um, but this game, after I bought it, was the first game I ever game mastered that that's crazy to me, but that's this is cool. it. This is the first one cool. that I ever ran. And I'm going to tell you right now, those games were terrible. They were terrible. I was young and stupid, and nobody else wanted the Game Master, and I didn't know what I was doing. And I had a, a player who wanted to be a full-grown bear, and I let him do that, and it was real hard to do anything. Like, it was just every scene was like a fight in a skyscraper that the skyscraper was falling down. Like, a mutant bear. Like, it's not even a normal bear. It was like King Kong was running around. It was insane. So... Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, but this was the first first RPG I ever game mastered. I game mastered for my brother Nick Van Siders, uh, two of our neighbors across the street, uh, Andy Cohan and Spencer Cohan. If you guys ever listen to my stuff, shout out to you. And then Scott Bell uh, back in the day. Uh, yeah, Scott Bell played the bear. Andy Cohan played yeah. a possum. Uh, Spencer Cohan played a cheetah, and my brother played a porcupine. Uh, try having those guys disguise, disguise themselves and go into a mall. It was not. It was not easy. So yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm done ranting about nostalgia. Let's get into the system. Um. Well, you know, like, like you, you're coming at it from like such a a you know passionate love of this game, this particular game. Yeah. I had never even heard about it until you brought it up. <laughs> and I was instantly intrigued because, of course, I had every single Ninja Turtle action figure, every variation. I had the ones where they're samurais. I had the ones where they're in space. Yeah. Um, yeah, the toys were big. Yeah. Yeah, that was – that. I mean – And the offshoot mutants, the Mondo wow. Gecko. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that one. Uh, there, there's so many, too. I mean, they really got creative. Back, yeah. uh, back then, they, they don't make them like that anymore. They, um, they really don't. They don't make toys like that anymore. That was in GI Joes, and yeah, they just don't. Yeah, no, it's it's a lost art, unfortunately. Um, so when you you brought this to me, um, and, mm -hmm. and I was just all in. I was immediately intrigued. Um, yeah. By this, because it was it was also my nostalgia, and I had never even heard of it. And you know, obviously, I'm. Big, uh, the big uh, uh, obsessed TTRPG guy. So this was awesome. So thank you, by the way, for, for bringing this into my life. No problem. Um, no problem. Happy to do it. Happy to do <laughs> it. I think that uh, one of the coolest things about this, this game is, uh, you know, the older games, a lot of times when you look at them, they don't seem very... 
not to be a jerk, but systems nowadays are so much more interesting and uh, innovative uh, when you look at them than what they were back in the the 80s, you know, even the early 90s, in my opinion. This one had this this innovative system called BioE of how you mutate your animal and decide what it looks like. Uh, and it really, it still holds my attention today. I remember telling you that, like, it's yeah. one of my all-time favorite mechanics ever in a game, ever, ever, ever. And uh, if you don't mind me, shall I talk about BioE now? Yeah, yeah, let's dive into it. Let's talk about it. All right, so BioE in this game, and, and there's plenty of attributes. There's attributes uh, that you randomly roll for. There's a whole skill set. We'll get into it, but the BioE is the, the crux of the character creation in this game because it decides what your animal looks like. So first you uh, you kind of take your uh, uh, first you take your uh, uh, a random roll to decide what animal you're gonna be, which I already love that. Like you don't get to pick, you don't get to pick a wolf. You might get a canary, and you have to make that shit work. Uh, and then what they do is once you get a canary or whatever, a pigeon or a, or a wolf. You then go into the kind of animal section here, and then you can see basically it'll give you all the, this list of things. It'll tell you what the starting size level is for the animal. It'll give you the potential BioE, and then it'll give you its attribute bonuses that you get just for being that animal. Then it gives you how much it costs for the animal to slightly mutate. What's cool about this is uh, the mutation process. So. If you're a small animal, you start with a ton of BioE because BioE allows you to grow, to buy growth steps, which allow you it's to. The, go it's ahead. the mutagen that causes yes. the, the mm -hmm. mutation. Yes. And it allows you to buy the growth steps up to become human, but it also, you have to pay for like hands with opposable thumbs. You have to pay BioE for like looking more human. And by going through this system, it kind of helps you envision your character because there's mutant animals that look almost human-like and there's mutant animals that look very slightly changed uh, and this kind of allows you to decide that but the the base of the mechanic is every animal has these costs for like how their appearance is going to look but they also have powers that are just associated with the animal like uh, with uh, wizard uh, he randomly rolled up an armadillo which is awesome. I love. Uh, and I love. and and they had powers for digging. They had some minor claw powers. They had tons of armor powers, and that all comes from BioE. So you have to decide uh, where you're spending your BioE. Are you spending it to be human? Are you spending it to be bigger? Are you spending it to get that armor bonus? What are you trying to do with it? What's even more interesting is you're like, well, what do they do for big animals? Well, if you're an elephant or something, you have no BioE whatsoever because you're huge. So you have to get yourself smaller. As you get yourself smaller, BioE becomes refunded to you so you can buy the powers and stuff. Uh, it's just such a well-balanced system uh, for its time period before I would say systems were really super balanced. Uh, not not yeah. trying to spill the tea on D&D or anything like that. But, I mean, back then, there wasn't really a lot of checks and balances. You just wrote some stuff down and put it out there, and, like, yeah, I would think it's balanced. It was such a balanced... Uh, it's a wild west. <laughs> it was. It was. There's an elegance to this system that you just didn't see back then 
uh, with it going backwards and forwards and like uh, how you it yeah. can really it almost not to talk about tea shop again, but it's that kind of thing where it almost like gives you the idea of how to present your character to yourself. You know, and I just mm-hmm. I like I love the bioe. I've talked too much. It's your turn. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. Well, let's. Yeah. I. I love the bio e too. And there's something else that about it that I really thought was kind of interesting. Um. It was the aspect that you know the bio e is the the mutagen that transforms a creature into a mutant turtle or whatever mm-hmm. they might be. And the larger the creature is, the less of it they have. Right. Unless it starts shrinking them down, then the more of it they have. Right. And there's a certain sort of underlying logic to that, that, you know, like if a mouse falls into uh, a bin of, you know, goo, right? Uh, the, mm-hmm. the mutagen goo, it's going to get way more of that goo on it and in it than if an elephant fell into it. And you know, that, I never thought of a, that. That's very interesting. It's Yeah, and it's an inherent yeah. logic. And then again, you know, if the elephant starts shrinking down to become like, an elephant person, you know, um, they start getting more of that bio E. Yeah. Um, which again makes sense. Cause maybe it's just not, it's not really going anywhere. There are little bits of it is just shrinking them. Um, but there's still enough of it. Like it's, it's magnifying the ratio. Right. So to speak. Yeah. Um, and I really, I mean like, that's one of the things I, I appreciate in TTRPGs. That's one of the things that I like as, as a, a game master to fall back on is a certain sense of logic to the world. Because yeah. you're going to run into situations where you're like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. Well, what's logical? Uh-huh. This kind of mechanic helps you, gives you that logic to fall back on yeah. and, and pull something you know, out of thin air real quick if you, if you got it. Yeah, no, uh, that, was, that was a really good point. I never really thought about the mut- mutagen spread sort of theory to it. I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, the BioE is just just amazing. I mean, other than that, with the character creation, uh, the other system that I thought was really um, interesting in this one is the skill-based uh, uh, the skill-based system. So in this game, there is a, an in-depth combat system to it. Uh, that has like d20 versus d20 sort of roles. But with the skill system, when you're trying to do like a task that's like non-contested, when you're trying to like, oh, I'm trying to sneak or I'm trying to like climb this wall or I'm trying to do whatever, uh, basically you have to have a skill for it and you have to roll a percentile die. And if your percentile die is under the skill level that you have, the, the amount of percentage that you have, uh, then you accomplish the task, period. So there's no, like, difficulty modifier in this game. It's just like, oh, that requires climbing. Oh, okay. Well, I've got climbing at 30%. Give a shot. Okay, you got it. You're done. There's no, there's no, there's no, like, you got a difficulty of this. You got a modifier of this. There's none of that. It's just like, what's your climbing? All right, you do it, you know? I think that yeah. that is a really interesting sort of mechanic in the game, uh, and all of the percentages go up with your level too, not with your training or with any sort of like experience points buys. There's levels, and every time you level, all your all your skill percentages go up by a certain percent, and then you get some stat points and some hit points. Uh, the stat points are well, we'll talk about the stat points when we talk about things I'd like to change about the game. I think, but. Uh, but, but yeah, I thought I always Therapy. thought that was yeah. 
I always thought that was kind of a cool system, to be honest. It's very different, and you yeah. don't see that anywhere else where there's just no... The difficulty is you. How good are you at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, another thing that I, I kind of liked about looking at that mechanic, um, it was a... I'll, I'll, you know, we'll talk about this maybe when we start getting into our nitty-pitty... Uh, nitty-pitty... Uh, when we're nitpicking. Nitpicking. Um, there you go. There you go. Uh, when we're, when we're so right, I'll, I'll edit um, in post. I'll edit in post. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we, uh, when we, when we um, were looking at this, that that was a little confusing to me when we started doing the character creation and how that worked. I I got a little lost there. It was one of those things I feel like, you know, you probably I I would have picked up a little bit faster if I was around a bunch of people that already played this game. Right. Um. And in a game, you know, and you roll, and then you see it in action. You explained it to me while we were doing a character creation, mm-hmm. and it made perfect sense after you you kind of laid it out for me. Um, the thing that I liked a lot about it, um, it goes back again as you know the GM toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, as a GM, I often lean heavily on rules to determine how difficult random things are. Right. Uh, no matter what game I'm playing, I'll find a way to roll for it. Um, this has a mechanic built in that asks you to do that. You know, right. Um, right. it it it's part of the gameplay, and I think that's really cool because you know how hard is that tree to climb? It's up to the the GM. Well, in this situation, it's up to the dice roll. Right. You know. Right. Uh, can they do it? Uh, is it because the tree's really hard? Is it because they slipped? Is it, you know, what's going on? I don't know. But right. roll it into your narrative. Roll your percentile dice. See if you made it. Right. And it helps you really decide. Like, it's very like the system playing the players instead of the players playing the system, which I've always liked. Like, you can be good at a thing. That's great. Um, but it's kind of like... Well, if you failed that and you're good at that thing, then that must have been really hard. And that's how you kind of right. like write it up in the in the after effect, which I, I always enjoyed about this game. I thought it was a very um, interesting thing. Plus, it's fast. Uh, the, the, the thing is about RPGs, and this is a big thing uh, for me when I'm designing games, is uh, uh, I really want things to be fast because I think the biggest the biggest thing, the biggest problem we have in tabletop role-playing games is because we're all doing the calculations, often they end up much slower than we want them to be, the pacing-wise. And in those moments, uh, it never feels frantic, it never feels desperate, and you want to be simulating things. You know, you want to be simulating the thing that you're trying to do like that's the whole point of the role playing game when i'm gu- when i'm having a gunfight i want to feel like i'm in a gunfight and having a yeah. gunfight in a game with a heavy heavy system doesn't feel like a gunfight it you know what i mean it feels like a math yeah. equation it feels like long division like that that's one of my biggest problems with D&D is it doesn't feel like a sword fight you're having. It it feels like a giant, huge math equation that takes you two hours. Um, <laughs> so with this, and, and don't get me wrong, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is not the fastest system by far. And you guys will see that if we ever manage to get into the playing on our one-on-one sessions. But it, it's not a... 
it's not of the fastest systems you'll ever see. However, with the skill stuff, it is. It's snappy. It's quick. It's like, it, as a game master, you're required to put down what skills they need to be able to attempt a thing instead of the difficulty or whatever, which makes improv a lot easier as a game master who doesn't have to, like, sit there and calculate, ah, it's... Well, it's it's slippery, but it's kind of steep. It's kind of, um, I guess it would be a 10, but maybe it's a 12. You know, like, you don't have to do that. It's just, you got climbing, roll climbing. Boom, you're done, you know? Right, right, yeah. No, I can definitely see that. Um, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, and, you know, another, like you were saying, like, with the percentile die and everything, that's just a one roll. Like, it's not math. There's really no right. math. You just roll and look at your dice. Did you make right. it or not? Right, exactly, exactly. And um, and there are still some things that I I have a lot of things to nitpick about when we get to the nitpicking, I'm not going to lie. But I don't want to use them here. So, but yeah, it's yeah. simple and it's quick, you know? It is, it is. Oh, one thing that I also, I really loved uh, when I read over this game, um, I, I read a lot of TTRPGs. I love reading TTRPGs. I mm -hmm. like diving into system mechanics like all day long um this one felt really different when i was reading it it had such a different style um and i think it i was getting like i was getting just 90s vibes off of it like all mm -hmm. the way through you know what i mean yeah. like 80s yeah. 90s that that like my childhood like i was just getting that as i was reading uh yeah. through this thing which yeah was one thing i i wanted to shout i mean like like you showed uh, everybody the covers, right? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that that is so, so like '80s, moving into that 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 era, like the the background with the the lines going through it for the mm -hmm. sunset, all of that. That was just classic. Oh yeah. Um, and all the writing for some reason felt so um so much from that era. Mm -hmm. Uh, that I mean, I I got super nostalgic. Gonna help yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think it really does take you back to that 90s cartoon era. And I think that it it was a little bit different from what you had back then, you know, that were, that were much more... Like, this is still rules-heavy, but if you, if you compare it to the other games of its time, I think it's one of the lighter rules games that you had out there, you know? It's very straightforward, uh, and it was it was right to the point, you know? And my first TTRPG was AD&D. Oh, God, yeah. not even the OG D&D, AD&D. So you had to deal with Thacko out the fucking Ooh. gate, man. Yep. God. Yep. And and it was, I, it, I'm not going to lie, Thacko, Thacko was hard for me. Thacko was, oh. I'm, there are some people that like are like, no, Thacko's easy. What are you talking about? And there are other people that are like, why are we subtracting? What? Um, right. Why are we doing any of this shit? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. hit. Why do we need a five? Why is there letters and numbers in our <laughs> abbreviation for it? Like, right there, you're complicated. Yeah. My brother tried to explain it to me because he wanted to play it. I just looked at him and said, I don't think I want to play this game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like, I think I could understand like it. Yeah, I don't know. This doesn't sound like a game anymore. Uh, yeah, it's much nicer in this that there isn't really any of that. It's very, it's very simple. Um, I should we get to the nitpicking now? Um, 
Are we ready for yeah. that, or do we have some other positives we want to expound on? Let's see. Um, what other positives did we go through? Um, well, we unfortunately yeah, we didn't did... get to get to the combat. Oh right, for for our playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only we only created a character, guys, <laughs> and yeah. defined the origin. Yeah. We got really into creating his character. I think <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Not it was. Lie. Um, I said it. Uh, on the other show, saying it again, I randomly rolled a armadillo. Yeah. I live in Austin, yeah. Texas. Armadillos are the unofficial <laughs> mascot of this town. Don't know how that happened. It was complete random. But, I mean, like, it's the magic of the games, you know? Like, that's just how it happens sometimes. It's absolutely perfect. It couldn't have been better. And I I cannot wait to to play with him and just play with the characters that I've already, like... Like I love that game. It's it's so childlike, but also like it it hits the childlike part of your brain where you're just playing with like action figures in the mud, but at the same time it hits your adult side where you can drive in the heavier themes. Uh, that's one of the things that I've always liked about Ninja Turtles is Ninja Turtles on the surface is this like Ah, they're Ninja Turtles, they love pizza, and they're like Kung Fu fighting, which is great, and that does hit that, but then when you go into the layers, you have this revenge story, and years of abuse between two people, and murder, and abuse, and like, all these like, great, like, real adult themes, and and then you heap on the fact that like, like, I've, I've, I I could, I, I, if, if I'm, I suppose this is my D4 rant, but if you, if I could go on and on about theories about the Ninja Turtles and their characters, I mean, if you look at Splinter as a character, if you look at Splinter, and we're talking OG Eastman and Lard Ninja Turtles, this is what this dude did. He raised four children with the sole purpose of murdering one man. That's what he did. That was literally his thing. You put all the pizza jokes aside and all the other stuff aside. Here's what Splinter did. He was like, my master got killed by Shredder. I have these mutant ninja turtles, and I've become a mutant, and I know martial arts. So I am going to train these four turtles to kill that motherfucker. That's what he did. He taught them the most violent and deadly assassin art, which is ninjutsu. I mean, we're not talking about the art of, like, defending one's home. We're talking about the art taught to people to kill people from the shadows. To murder a dude. One dude. One dude. And I don't know if you know this, but I have the original Eastman at Lard. I wish I had it down here. I, I started reading it to my kid and forgot how violent it was and then, like, tried to divert her to something else because she's too young for it. Like, I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a lot of dead people in this in the first book. <laughs> they actually kill Shredder in the first book. That's what's so interesting really? about it. Yeah, in the original Eastman at Lard, Shredder croaks in, in comic book number one. He is dead. By the end of it. Oh wow! Yeah, that is dark. That and is then dark the rest, the, kids. the rest of the stories is them trying to figure out what to do with themselves because literally their entire life has been Splinter being like, "You will, you will grow up and you will kill this man." Like that is it. 
Like yeah. that kind of stuff is so cool because you add that in these layers into that that character that like wasn't there before. And there have definitely been reiterations of the turtles. The turtles, Eastman and Lard right. ha- have admitted that they needed money, so anybody who came across wanting to license them, they just licensed them regardless of anything on it. So every Ninja Turtle iteration was completely different. The 80s cartoon show, multiple different 90s cartoon shows, Michael Bay's Four Hulks movie, Bay whatever Turtles. the shit that was. Yeah, Bay Turtles. Yeah. Uh, all of these things are completely different. The IDW run, if you're a comic book fan, that's the one to Ooh, check I out, guys. I didn't know IDW did a run. IDW bought the rights to do Ninja Turtle stories recently in comic book form and they decided that they were going to be like we're going to take the east man alert stuff we're going to take all the other stuff all the 80s stuff we're going to put it into one semi-serious uh uh kind of like a, a, a young adult comic book and it is phenomenal they have introduced every character from everywhere whether you like the goofy 80s stuff, whether you like the hardcore comics, they're all in there. They reinvented their backstories so that they made more sense. They gave them kind of a mystical thing. They added so many characters. IDW run is amazing. I have 1 through 50. I stopped collecting after a while, obviously, because I just stopped collecting comic books. But I got 1 through 50. It's one of the most phenomenal runs. that It is the most phenomenal comic book run that I've ever read. It's just great. I'm, they I'm... take every piece of your childhood... And they make it fit together, even though none of them worked before. They just piece them together like a perfect puzzle. You sold me on on having to to check that out. Um, yes. it's been a while since I've been able to collect uh, comic books uh, because life. Um, but um, that one looks like I, I I do like IDW as a publish uh, publishing company. Yeah, so do um, I. I like a lot of their stuff. Yeah, and I did not know that they did turtles. That that, that just right there alone excites me. Um, so that's that's really cool. Um, it's a phenomenal Ninja Turtles series. Just absolutely phenomenal. The I would say the penultimate Ninja Turtles experience. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. Um, Seriously, doubt. Like I said, if you live closer to me, I just come over and I'd be <laughs> like, "Here, read." There you go. Um, I know, right? <laughs> We'd just be hanging out, like, basically doing yes. beer stuff yes. all the freaking time. Yes, um, yes. Get my brother-in-law over know, here. Get my other friends over here. Be a big old <laughs> nerd party. And another thing to that point, like, I remember being a small child loving turtles. And remembering thinking, like, these guys are never going to get married. Mm-mm. You know, like they're never going to have like because, you know, you watch other like cartoons and adventure yeah. stories and stuff like that. The good guy always gets the girl like every adventure movie. When you're a kid, the good guy always gets the girl at the end. Um, They're never going to get the girl. They're never going to get April O'Neil. You know, there or, is or whatever a, the situation. The Nickelodeon show that uh, not the newer one, but the older one that had uh, Sean Astin as Leonardo and. uh couple other people is like a slightly computer animated it's really good show i watched all of it yes i was in my 30s i still did um they have (laughs) they have april o'neill in that but she's a teenager and donatello has a crush on her and i'm just like this is all funny but i'm 
36, I know what that is and what that ends up being, and it's just sadness, guys. It's just sadness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... It's, I, it's they, not... Yeah. They actually, in the IDW run, they, they hint at a romance between Raphael and another mutant, a mutant fox. And I was just like... This is interesting. Can it like that they could add like potential romances in here is just cool. There is a whole section of that story where Leonardo ends up becoming Shredder's adopted son and fighting against the turtles. I'm telling you, it's just the best. It's wow. just the best. They they took all that stuff and just like put it out there. It was it was amazing. Um and- that material just works so well, and it I does. think like I really picked up on that when you were telling me about like the the backstory and stuff when we're starting to like uh, finish character creation and where my armadillo was. I I got the that sort of sense of like happiness and mm-hmm. and nostalgia of a cartoon, but also this like wait, what's happening? Like right. my armadillo was saved by three orphans living in a swamp. Yeah, that's totally, totally '80s, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cartoon kid you know, living on their own, you uh-huh. know, doing their own thing, but it's also like, what, what, ha- what? Why are they all by themselves? You know, like it's. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, There's it's always exactly this the, like more tragic undertone if you're adult enough to see it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And for whatever reason, this this IP like just it lends itself so well to that. It really does. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, very much looking forward to playing finishing that yeah, game. Yeah, I am it. too. I am too. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna have a hard time switching off from it when we switch to something else. Uh, do you do you want to get nitpicky though? Yeah, I think, I think I think now's the time. I think it's time to get nitpicky. So this is this is the part of the show we did this last time where we kind of take the stuff that we would change about it. And unfortunately, I want to say this was made in 1985, so it, it was definitely before the uh, the the TTRPG utopia that we have going right now. Uh, yeah, long. There is some stuff in this that ain't so great. Number one, uh, number one with a bullet. First thing I change is uh, th- this is the funny one. They have some stats in here, right? Uh, and for whatever reason, instead of just calling things strength, endurance, prowess, beauty, they decided to put physical before it and then have that be the uh, the abbreviation. So PS, PE, PB, and you guessed it. PP. Why would you ever put PP in a game? Like PP has always been slang for PP. Like you don't yeah. put that in a game. It's so dumb. So dumb. Like You're giving this to children. What what bothers me? There's gonna be nothing but giggles for like an hour. There's there's playtest. There's a writer. There's there's three editors listed in the front. None of them were like PP. Are we sure about that, guys? Like. Yeah. Like, somewhere along the line. Uh, obviously, my biggest thing, and this was a true thing of the era. Like, this was just, like, in 80s and 90s, you could not buy a RPG that didn't have random rolled statistics. Uh, I don't know, like, look, Gygax started gaming for all of us. I get that. 
uh, he was wrong about a lot of stuff, and one of them was random rolled attributes. They're just the worst, hardest thing to play through, play play with, because you're not even guaranteed to get one good one. You just you could be all fours. What are you gonna do then? Nothing. It is three d sixes to decide your starting attributes. Uh, there's no there's no special rules for like roll all and pick which way to go or. Or, or or pick the highest or keep the lowest or none of that shit. It's just, here's your stat. Roll 3d6. That's what it is. Move on. Like, it was tough. And at watching Wizard do it when you were doing your character, I was like, man, please get please get a couple of stats that are a little bit, just a little bit high. I don't know what I'm yeah. going to do if he's fives everywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I did get a couple of good ones. And it's kind of funny, um... I have a friend who who uh, is also a GM, um, and I whenever we play together, um, he rolls terribly, <laughs> absolutely the worst if he has to roll stats in the game, <laughs> and I roll really good every single time. <laughs> and it's gotten to the point where like he rolls his stats like oh well that's crap, and then he just looks at me and he's just like, all right. Do it. Go ahead. Whatever. Straight, full, full stats all the way across. Why are we even bothering? You know. <laughs> um, and and it is it is a little brutal. It is a little brutal, like to to get locked in with that. Um, I've always, whenever I played a game like that, I always homebrew something like, you know, be able yeah. to reset your stats if you wanted to, because that can get. You could end up having a character that just can't do anything uh, if they roll bad enough. It blows and they can my roll bad mind. Enough. It blows my mind that D and D still uses that stuff. Like, I, 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 it blows my mind that that there are even a game still being published in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three that still use random dice rolls for statistics. It just, just absolutely blows my mind. This was a product of the age, though. I can, I can only be so upset because nobody even right. like every game out there was a random roll. Just about. Um, no, nope. I mean, it hadn't been invented. You can't blame for somebody for not inventing something. Right. You know, they right. hadn't invented it yet, really. Right. Nobody had done it really yet. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. I think the only other thing that I want to say before I let you get to your criticisms would be, uh, and this is a personal thing, I like a certain level of symmetry in my game. Well, not symmetry. I don't think I want to say that, but like... I like a game to flow one way. So, like, I never want to be rolling dice low in one area and high in another. That drives me nuts. Uh, and I've actually homebrewed systems where that was the case, and it just it just eats at me. And that's probably my own psychosis, and I should seek medical help for that. But <laughs> but it just drives me nuts. This system has that where you're trying to roll high for all of your combat stuff, all of your damage stuff. You're trying to roll as high as you possibly can, and then you hit the percentages on the skills, and you've got to try and roll under this percentage, and it's just like, so I want high here and low here. I hate that. I always like my yeah. systems to go one way, whether I'm playing it or making it. I like it to go one way. I like if I if, if should I roll high or low? Either way, that's what all of them should be across the board. I even many years ago homebrewed a superhero game uh and i did a thaco i had a thaco stat 
because I wanted a D20 for all of my skill checks, because I love D20s, and I wanted to roll high, but I wanted the stat to go down, the, the, the difficulty stat to go down as the main stat went up. So I had to come up with this kind of crazy stat. Oh. I still have it memorized, I think. I think it's uh, your stat... Wait a second. Your stat div- uh, subtracted from 100 divided by 5. Something like that. And then it would give you... Math. A, yeah. <laughs> it would give you a number between 1 and 20 that would go down as you raised your stat. So it, mm. so, so it was your difficulty for all of your skill checks, basically. Um gotcha. And, uh, uh, yeah, so, like, I, I like things to go one way, and this obviously doesn't. That's my only other, my only other critique. Uh, what, what do you got? Um, okay, so my big critique for this one was actually uh, layout. And I don't mm. mean, like, how it looks one. on the page uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, like I said, actually, how it, the, the t- um, I mean, it's getting real deep nerd here, but, like, <laughs> um, even like the the fonts and stuff is, you know, eighties, nineties, classic, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, looking stuff. Like it feels like that. No, what I'm talking about is how they organized, you know, where certain rules are explained, and then just drop that explanation and go on to something completely different, unrelated. Mm-hmm. And then you go and read that, and then you all of a sudden have to go back. And read the the part that you read, you know, a few passages before, and then it makes reference to something else as you move down, and you have to go to a different part of the book. Like, like I was saying, I, I feel like this is a book that you almost need those little like sticky notes, yeah, sticking out of them with little yeah. like like uh, mentions notes on them, telling you yeah. what this part is. And you, I I leaned heavily on the glossary when I was I was trying to read this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I'm totally with you. Uh, it was uh, and at least it has a decent glossary slash index. Uh, yeah. I, I think that uh, uh, it it was a huge problem. We would like they would talk about all of the the partial hand statistics and the the speech statistics and like what it meant to not have opposable thumbs uh, in character creation. But the animal section was after the skills where. The right. first, the first fucking thing you do in the game is figure out what animal you are. Like, who isn't gonna do that first? But instead, they have you do everything else, and then, like, that's where the animal descriptions are. The other thing that bothered me about the layout is that, so like, you roll up your initial stats, right? But then your stats can get bonuses depending on the skills. Uh, uh, one of the nice things about skills is you don't you pick some skills <laughs> wizard actually had to pick a ton of skills because of his like education but because you're a mutant Street animal <laughs> because you're a mutant animal you kind of randomly roll up how you were educated uh, and that gives you kind of like like if you were taught by somebody you get just here's the skills you get period you get these skill packages but if you just lived on the fringes of society it's all like rudimentary shit that you get from secondary skill list which is how wizard ended up playing uh the the biggest thing uh that i was saying though is that there are tons of skills that don't give you percentages they just give you stat bonuses to like your main stats and then the animals themselves give you stat bonuses to your stats. Uh, but they have you do the stats first, so you're constantly going back 
and redoing your stats over and over again, which is just so frustrating. And it could have been very easily solved by just having you randomly roll up your animal, randomly roll up your cause of mutation, randomly roll up your education. Once you know all that, then you can select your skills and then do the attributes last. Do them last. You have your character. Yeah. You have a character at that point, and you know, you know, okay, this is how I need to guide my stats. This is mm-hmm. what I need to put what and where because yeah. you know who you're playing. Right. Um, and even if you're randomly that, rolling that, it up, you still – I mean you're randomly rolling it up in this game, so it's not even like you have to – you know what I mean? Like who yeah. cares if it's at the end, but you're at the end so you could total up all those bonuses instead of constantly going back to your stats and erasing and rewriting, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um so yeah, that was kind of my big, um, my biggest nitpick right there was was pretty much the, the layout and how they organized the information that they delivered to you. A, a little bit of a a nitpick, like I said, there were a couple of things. I mean, to a certain degree, every now and then you have to kind of ch- as when I do my reviews, when I'm looking through all this stuff, I kind of have to check myself to to stop and say, okay. Is this actually confusing, or is it just me being dumb? Right, um, right. So, to a certain degree, like, I may have just misinterpreted something. I may have just read something wrong and got confused or got something stuck in my head. But there were a few, few things that I, I really felt like I, I was struggling with, trying to understand how some of the mechanics worked. Mm-hmm. And then you and I worked through actual character creation. You've already played the game. Uh, you know the game really well. That fix that right away for me you fix that right away for me talking to somebody that's played it but just reading it in and of itself uh i got i got a little stuck on a few points um again was that the book or was it right eh, right I'm not i i will say that the book is not always written well it's very hard to figure out where some of the combat things are because they just kind of list all the things that you could possibly do, but they don't really tell you the order in which it's kind of, you have to use context clues in some points. Uh, there's also, uh, there's also a lot of complication with, they went kind of all out on their combat stuff. So like if you're a wrestler, there are these different actions that you can do in combat that you couldn't do if you weren't a wrestler, but that's like that for everything from hand to hand, basic to martial arts to everything. So you have to like almost like familiarize yourself with your skills, which is a little frustrating. I have only read one book that was organized worse than this one, and it it's organized just the worst, just absolutely the worst. Any World of Darkness book is just the worst organized book that has ever existed. Future podcast, maybe? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm planning on bringing it up at some point. Uh, hashtag sorry, not sorry. Uh, but it, it, they're just, they're, they're written, first of all, they're written like storybooks, but at some point you're supposed to glean the system through them, and it is super frustrating, especially since they'll talk about certain systems like three or four different times, but at completely different sections of the book, and it's impossible to remember where they are. Their index is terrible. They are just the worst book to uh, to try and figure out a system from. If I wasn't playing in a group that had been playing it for years and years and years, I would be, my, I'd be, I would be very raged, raged, raged. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely talk about it in the future. Um, 
I don't know. I kind of feel like we should probably draw this one to a close, if that's yeah. all right with you. I think we've discussed it all, but there is one more segment we, we must do before the plug, sir, and that is, it is your turn. What system are we looking at for our next podcast? Ooh, um, that is a good question. Um, so we've talked about a few now, um, but I think... I think we're probably leaning the most towards sunfish sitting there. Okay. All right. I'm down. I'm down. Do some sunfish um, sitting there. I can. I'm definitely gonna go on a rant. You guys have already heard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that guy uh, expects you there's... to have a lot of D4s on hand. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. I'm gonna have to go to my my game store. Uh, get all the game D4s. All the D4s. Oh. Um, no. Yeah, it is a very D4 heavy game. <laughs> it is. It is insanely D4 heavy. It is. It is a level of D4 heavy that I'm just like. I. This is. Who thinks like this? Who put? The, who was like? I want to make a game. That requires you to like walk in the door with twenty D four. Like I'm, like I I said it in my rant. If somebody walked into my house and like dumped a bag out in front of me to play, and they had twenty D fours in that bag, I'd be like, "You need to leave." I don't think I can trust you because <laughs> no logical, healthy brain says yes. I want twenty of these triangle nightmares. Like I. The, the, blows my mind like are you gonna throw these at the police are you like on the <laughs> run like is this how you're gonna pop their tires as you're is this a defense mechanism are you using, <laughs> using this to protect yourself <laughs> why do you need oh. these what you game know, have you actually, played that you need these for <laughs> um it's it's gonna be interesting when we dive into that because i got uh you know the foundation for sunfish sitting there i believe i'm gonna double check this it's been a little bit since I originally read it, um, but I believe it's a what, what do they call it? A Caltrap Core game, which is a indie basic bare bone system that they give out for free, and other and and it really sets it up for uh, designers to sort of manipulate and then reskin and tool for their own world and their own thing going on. And you can give insanely different uh, games out of this. I mean. The Sunfish thing there is one of the reasons why I want to do it. It's a really different style yeah, uh, it game. It's a slice of life. Yeah. Um, but you could have a a murder apocalypse uh, game out of this system just yeah. as easily. Um, I'm I'm actually excited to play some. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh yeah. yeah. I. I, I'm really excited to play some fish sitting there. Uh, aside from the insane dice system, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to play it because I've never really seen a game like this. And uh, it's something that um, piques my interest. Uh, it's, it's one thing in the last like two years that I've really enjoyed is, uh, you know, I've played a lot of tabletop role-playing games in my life, but uh, I'm just really excited. There's just so many more different things like like not even just different RPGs. I mean different thought process, like different th like like thematically and like in a very basic theory level RPGs out there. Like you look at a yeah. a solo journaling game, you know, uh it is a completely different experience than what, you know, I grew up with or I experienced as a kid and there's a lot of these out there. The the sunfish sitting there is the same thing. The idea that you can have this role playing game 
that is quick and it's easy and it's really just about having a character, a real life person living in a life and dealing with some situation, you know? And, and that to me yeah. is like, I love the idea of those like real basic stories, uh, you know, translated in RPGs, you know, back when we were kids, it was all about like slaying dragons and fighting robots. And like, it was never, yeah. there was never any games that you saw that were like, uh, this is just about talking. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I, I think that's really cool. There's a lot of different games out there now that have that, like, thought process. Nuance. To it, which, yeah, nuance. Uh, which is, which is uh, almost a different ideology, really, to role-playing yeah. uh, on a whole. And uh, which is w- one of the bummers of this show is you are going to be presenting all those cool ones while I just keep busting out these, like, 80s and 90s ones that are like this one you get to shoot aliens you know like (laughs) (laughs) okay i have loved uh teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah that's true um and like i said like i i never even heard of this game before um you brought it to me so i mean there's there's much to be learned from from all spectrums of of uh these worlds here um so I think this. I think we're going to get a wide variety of different styles and uh, perspectives and themes and and I think uh, yeah I think um, you know Last Tea Shop had a very you know very specific sort of uh, sort of existential feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles as that sort of play between like this really dark undertone, but also this lighthearted, fun like mm-hmm. game. You know. Um, yeah. And then you know, the the next one's gonna be about going to the ice cream shop and yeah. getting a flat tire. Who knows? Yeah, it's know? gonna. I, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying our show and our podcast and everything. It's it's going fun. I, I will say out there, there's gonna be no way for everybody watching that we're gonna be able to continue to like have the synergy we've had with our one-on-one sessions, just because we do this bi-weekly and we do the one-on-one sessions single right. monthly and especially if we're doing multiple sessions of one game but it's nice when we get to do that you know what i mean plus yeah. you'll probably see everything we talk about here eventually in one of the one-on-one sessions by the way we're planning it anyway and and that's something that's nice i do also like just our one-on-one localized rpg session because it's it's yeah weirdly even though it's streamed for people's entertainment it's somehow lower stress and uh, <laughs> lower stress and pressure than some of the games that I've played or game mastered in real life. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we're we're showing we're showing the the game, which is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and it takes a little bit of that pressure off. You don't necessarily need to to you know defeat the the worst villain in the universe ever right. kind of thing. Right. But at the same time. I'm I'm very attached to my my armadillo. Well, and um, I I think that like <laughs> this all sets up things for future things. Like we never we could always come back to turtles after we're done with it too. Like I I think this is this is just good. But uh, all right, so we should probably wrap this thing up. So sunfish sitting yes. there in two weeks, right? And then yes, I mean it's up to you. Do you want to plug some stuff? You want me to plug first? You want to um, plug first? Um, who's I, uh, why don't you, 
you you brought the game this week. Why don't you plug first? Oh, that's so sweet of you. Okay, I've got a few <laughs> things to plug. I will keep it to the TTRPG side of things uh, because this is the TTRPG podcast. But uh, if you are watching this, uh, this last Monday we debuted a stream for my new game coming out. That is the uh, Getting Over, a solo wrestling promoter simulator journaling game it's kind of a crazy concept but myself and a friend new to the channel named josh play it we are each running our own league we streamed it at 1 30 on monday we're probably going to try and go a little bit earlier because it took us two and a half hours to get through it and i thought it was going to take us about an hour and a half <laughs> i'd actually take a br break to get my kid off the bus <laughs> so uh so we're going to probably go a little bit earlier but it'll still be afternoon on monday and that will be weekly we're having a lot of fun with it hopefully you guys are enjoying it and then the big one that i want to talk about See, we got two systems coming from Axiom Games LLC this year. The other one is Single Mod. The guy sitting right next to me is also in it. Uh, if you're watching this, the premiere episode already happened, probably, unless some nightmare happened. Knock on wood. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we are, he's playing Alice, uh, Alfred Whitecastle. Uh, and uh, we... Uh, yeah, it's single mod. It is a simple, severe game, but it is also uh, the game system. The game world itself is this sci-fi fantasy craziness. Uh, myself, Wizards Respite, uh, Phil Billy three three zero, and Aether Dios uh, are playing it uh, for your enjoyment bi-weekly on Wednesdays. The first episode should already be up uh, once you're watching this on here, and then of course check this out every two weeks here, and then. Uh, yeah, I should stop plugging because I've taken way too much time. But I'm also going to say go check out our one-on-one -on -one sessions. We play Last Tea Shop together. It was really good. We did two episodes of that. And then we are on uh, the TMNT run, uh, which we created his character for, <laughs> for two hours. Uh, but uh, we created the Armadillo, and we're going to run it the next time. So, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I shut up now. It's not my podcast. I shut up. Okay, my turn. Um, yeah. So... Uh, Wizard Respite is the website that I am currently, you know, I've been running for about the last year. We've done a little bit of uh, publications as well. We plan on rolling out uh, some more. The um, Poisoner's Handbook uh, is what we have on the site at the moment, which is a, a system that should be pretty adaptable to most other systems, at least get you in the ballpark for uh, creating poisons and using them in your game. Um, because everybody... Every assassin needs to have a little poison on their belt. Um, also, you know, I one other thing, you know, just a random bit of uh, Wizards Respite no news. Um, I am, and I, we mentioned this in the last show as well, uh, still in the process of getting over um, the, the, the sickness and the, the coughs and everything. Uh, the C word. Um, <laughs> the, the, I'm, I'm, am on the mend i have taken a little bit of a slower pace to the wizard's respite uh, but i'm i'm starting to get back to it so my regular posts will be returning i do a lot of ttrpg reviews i talk a lot about uh indie games and the indie game industry um and i think the next one i'm going to be focusing in on is very much the industry if you're a content creator out there um i'm going to be and i have been uh scraping a huge amount of data off of drive-through RPG and um, other other 
places you can sell your books in order to get like a um, a market data uh, sheet together very cool and stuff. statistics. Yeah. If you're if you're a creator, it's something worth looking into. At least points you in the direction of you know how to do some market research and how to get your mind wrapped around the the boring part of this stuff as content creators, which is the business. <laughs> so that's going to be coming soon. Um, and I hope I hope uh, we get a few content creators that that will get something out of that. Yeah, I know I have. Yeah. It was very informative. Uh, and and I don't necessarily agree that the business is the boring part i would i would use the word <laughs> scary that would be the word i would use <laughs> that's that's fair that's fair hopefully it makes it a little less scary yes want to yes. take the uh the the veil off the monster a little bit yeah um, yeah yeah all right buddy well i guess it's done right yeah i think we're good all right we'll see you guys next time have a good one. All right. Uh, okay. We're good, man. Uh, awesome. I think this is good.